Welcome to The Blaze. This is episode 262. I'm your host, Alejandro Oveda. You have now pushed play to another blazing week. And I gotta tell you, what an amazing week we've been having. As you know, this weather has been kind of crazy when it's been rainy and sunny. Uh, but I've been loving that sun, especially after the rain, when the the rain just clears that, that smog out of here and, and it really can start breathing well. But this week, you know, as that rain did clear a lot of the, that nastiness, I have been getting my sinuses kind of messed up with these damn blossoms. I know we talked about it last week, and it's now affecting me this week as, you know, we are at the podcast on Thursdays, and every Thursday you can depend on this podcast. I just want you guys to let you, I just want to let you guys know this podcast, you can be found on Spotify, Anchor, or Apple, anywhere you guys get your podcasts. I just want to say this week has been really a challenging week for me, not only my mental, but also my physical. As you know, towards the end of last weekend, I really pushed myself to get my workouts in. And then sometime this week, like I think it was Tuesday, I started getting like this sore throat. And then now I'm starting to feel like some allergy symptoms. Um, been really fatigued the last couple days, sleeping a lot, but really getting back to it this week. Uh, this week as we're recording this Thursday and I really wanted to give you guys a little bit of me this week just because we are celebrating our fifth year anniversary for the podcast. What an amazing feat we've been uh, been able to do every Thursday. Haven't missed a Thursday and I don't know how long, but this was a crazy uh, decision to do this this week as, you know, I haven't been feeling good, uh, but I really want to let you guys know I really put this podcast first as, you know, we haven't missed a Thursday in five years. That, that That's a crazy, crazy thing to think, uh, but I really know this is something that I own. This is my, what I put in, what I put into is what I get back. So I hope you guys are gravitating to the podcast each and every week. You know, hopefully, hopefully you're sharing the podcast. Hopefully you're listening to the podcast and hopefully you guys will share the podcast with someone new, someone that hasn't heard it, maybe a family friend. Uh, But this podcast has been here for five years, just killing it in the Fresno, uh, Central Valley location. We've been uh, doing Blaze Talks. Uh, we've been doing, you know, sit down uh, interviews as well as uh, doing weekly inter- uh, uh, podcasting. And this is something that we're continuing to do into 2024 and beyond. I just hope you guys know each week is a special week. So each week, Make sure you guys tune in. Make sure you guys, you know, just give me a little bit of your time. And I I appreciate it as we continue to grow together as this podcast has been blossoming since probably last year at at probably October. You guys have been crazy with the support. And I just want to continue doing that into this next part of the year as we're all man it, it seems like we're still in january but we're already past february this is february 28th as we're recording today and we're we're going into march like some g's i mean we're re- we're ready to take on uh this this springtime as the spring is like that that uh that time where you're just ready to go that because it gets you ready for summer um you start feeling like man you only got like you know 
60 days till you're ready for summer. So I know I've been putting in the work in my workouts, trying to get to some of my fitness goals that I've had set for me in 2024. You know, um, last week, like I said, I, I just had a lot of uh, a lot of that th those blossoms just bothering me. And now that I'm feeling like I'm ready to go, uh, I I'm ready just to relax a little bit and just just put my feet up as we're getting into this new uh, type of weather as, you know, it's been rainy, sunny, rainy, sunny, uh, doesn't really have a clue where it's going, but definitely you could expect some rain this week. And I know uh, we'll be back in some rain next week as well. Um, so I just hope that you guys are gravitating to this podcast. We got a lot to talk about this week, so let's get it started. And this week, we're able to watch a lot of different movies, but this week, I want to talk about the movie Love and Monsters, which was uh, released in two, 2020, uh, and it's an American monster adventure film directed by Michael Matthews and Sean Levy, and it stars Dylan O'Brien, Jessica Henwick, Dan Ewing, Michael Rooker, and Ariana Greenblatt. And this movie was actually uh, in development in 2012 and several years until like 2018 when O'Brien and then Matthews joined the film. The rest of the cast actually joined over the next few months and filming took place in Australia from March to May of 2019. But this movie was definitely one that me and my wife kind of took a chance on, uh, but it, it was good because it reminded us of a kind of crazy time in 2020 uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and I watched this because you've seen a lot of different movies from then till now about like apocalyptic times. And this is kind of that, that sort of uh, movie. So, Love and Monsters, like I said, uh, is a, a Paramount Pictures movie, which was released in 2020, uh, but the film's international release was handled by Netflix, which I didn't end up seeing it until, I think it was October, or it wasn't released until October, I didn't see it until now, but the, the film received a lot of positive reviews uh, from critics, and it was actually nominated for Best Visual Effects at the 93rd Academy Awards. Uh, but this movie definitely has a lot to it, as, you know, it, it has that apocalyptic theme of destruction of an asteroid headed to Earth, uh, which releases a, uh, these cold, cold uh, I don't know what, what you would call it, like these animals... Um, they end up mutating into large monsters, and most of these monsters killed off humanity. So during this evacuation, um, Joel, who plays, um, who is the main character, ends up separating from his girlfriend, Amy, which in the movie, he promises to find her and, uh, when he does that, it kind of is a crazy whole scenario, you know? Um, I don't want to give away most of the movie, but definitely I, I would say check this one out if you're into apocalyptic movies. I know as as 2020 became uh, a whole big thing with the pandemic, you know, you've been seeing a lot more of these kind of apocalyptic movies. Um, and this is one of them that I would put on your list if you are one of those type of watchers. Uh, but 
to me, the release was right on time with the 2020 date um, during the pandemic. Uh, but then I, I felt like the reception uh, is what made me kind of watch it because when I looked at how good of a rating it got, it got like a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think it deserves uh, well over a 90%. Um, I felt like this was like a, a good 47 out of five, like it, it was up there with how good it was with exactly um, the emotional depth that you got from the characters and scenarios. And then it almost makes you feel like you could be uh, this person. You can, you can relate to the main character as, you know, he doesn't have everything it takes to be, you know, alive in an apocalyptic world. So, it has that silly but satisfying hero's journey that everybody can relate to. Um, but I felt like the movie really offers uh, a lot more than what is expected. So I really want you to uh, watch this one. It is called Love and Monsters, and you can find it on Netflix. And let me know what you guys are watching this week. And this week, I was able to listen to a lot of different, uh, a lot of different albums, but I wanted to talk about Usher. Usher's new album coming home and this is right after the Super Bowl halftime performance he released his uh, solo album called coming home and this is his ninth studio album um, and if you are a an R&B fan, make sure you listen to this album because it has so many great collaborations uh, with Burna Boy, Summer Walker, 21 Savage, Lotto, The Dream, Her, Feels, and Jung Book. Uh, this was a great, great album as, like I said, it was following up from the Super Bowl and then also his headlining residency at Caesars Palace, which he got numerous renewals. Um, Usher ended up starting to uh, prepare for this album release uh, in mid-2023. And in July, the singer teamed up with French Kodiak producer Remy Martin in a campaign called Life is a Melody. Um, and this is when he really started on track coming up with different uh, song ideas. Uh, but the track Risk It All with Her was featured on the soundtrack of The Color Purple, which was a musical remake. And the album's title references Raymond's promotion of the African-American culture within the state of Georgia and the city of Atlanta. And then it was announced, you know, he was going to do Super Bowl, and he did Super Bowl, which took place at the Allegiant Stadium. And the musician ended up killing his performance on February 9th, and which includes the singles of uh, this album, which ended up featuring, I think, Summer Walker and 21 Savage. But Usher ended up coming out with this record, which was intended to connect with people. Uh, and then probably as later uh, on, he released his um his tour dates. Uh, so this was a great, great album. I, I really had to take my time with it. Uh, 20, 20 songs long, uh, but it did give a good review from a lot of the different um, music re uh, review, like Rolling Stones um, and the New York Times. But for me, I don't really go off critiques. I really go off my own listen. And I would have to say this is one of Usher's better um, 
albums, and it, it is probably his, you know, one of the best that we'll see from him in probably a, a, a lot, a lot longer now, as his career is, you know, towards. I'm not going to say the towards the end, but towards the back end, uh, but. This is probably one of the best careers we'll ever see for a hip-hop slash uh, R&B slash pop artist like Usher, um, who has been able to put together album after album and be able to come up with uh, new stuff that nobody has ever heard or will be ever do again. You know, a lot of people say he's similar to Chris Brown, but I really have to say uh, Usher is his own as, you know, he reminds me of so many other artists such as Michael Jackson, Prince, um, just so many other artists I would have to say. Um, but he was part of my, you know, my history. Like I, I've seen him grow up, grow up from when he first came out with uh, My Way and then coming out to the Super Bowl uh, with some of his newer songs from his latest album, Coming Home. And this is a great way to go first circle for him as, you know, I felt like this was long overdue, but at the same time, is the perfect timing as he just sealed up one of the best, you know, um, residencies in Vegas as he broke numerous records there for uh, how many tickets he sold and uh, how many nights he was there as well. Uh, but this new album, I would have to say, really has has it going for himself as he's already debuted at number two on the U.S. Billboard 200, earning 91,000 units. Um, and that's not even including what, what uh, the streams are... Um, how they calculate those streams as well. But the album marked the second highest debut of the week and was the best-selling album of the week. So I feel like um, if you haven't heard of Usher, I mean, you didn't see the Super Bowl performance, there is no other reason why you should not uh, take a chance on this Coming Home album. I feel like with this uh, album, he definitely had um, something to prove, especially with the... With the uh, with the way um, he drops his album, especially his last album, which was it was like 2018, uh, and it wasn't even a solo album. It was just I, I felt like it was a joint venture album. Uh, but I felt like with this coming home, he really definitely had something to prove, as he is one of the best R&B artists, performers, whatever you say. He is one of the best that we've ever seen. So I really want to just let you guys know about this album. And um, the singles that I like on this one are Good Good, uh, Ruin, and Kissing Strangers. So let me know what you guys are listening to this week. As I've been talking about coming home from Usher, let me know what you guys are listening to. And this week, I want to talk about another Mexican restaurant here in Fresno that is going viral. And it's Fresno's restaurant, Guadalajara who will be hosting a visit from America's Best Restaurants, which is a YouTube channel that highlights locally independent-owned restaurants in the U.S. And this will be in for the March, month of March. Um, and if you don't know Guadalajara, it began in 1988. And it was opened by Cecilio and Rosalinda Garcia, um, who had a dream of coming to the U.S., and a decade, a decade before the restaurant's opening, uh, the couple says they used every last dollar and even some of the child's 
uh, money as well. Um, I, that's what I heard because it's it, it is a family restaurant owned and operated uh, by the family, and they treat people with so much uh, love and respect, and they love um, they love their food. You know, they know that they sell great food, um, and I have been going there since I was a little kid. My parents, I mean, this was a place where we would go every Saturday or Sunday morning. Um, and we'd go get menudo, and I, you know I would always get the chorizo and eggs, but it it like it stayed with me until uh, now that I'm an adult, and I, and now I can go on my own and still remember uh, the mother and father that um, are now I, they probably have to be retired, but still have you know connections in the in the restaurant, but. Um, I, I believe that their their uh, their children now t- took over and, and running the business now. But um, just just to see this kind of restaurant, you know, that operated by two amazing people, are now getting some love and, and appreciation for what they've been doing for so long, you know. And this uh, YouTube channel, America's Best Restaurants, will be coming to Fresno in early March, and we'll be filming at Guadalajara on March fourth. From 2 p.m. to 5 p.m., the staff at, at the restaurant says they are so excited to be featured on this uh, road show as they believe it will help the exposure uh, for them and also around our city. As you know, we have a, amazing Mexican food here in Fresno, California, uh, but this is a great thing for Guadalajara, who has been here right outside of. Um, I think it's I think it's Weber, right? I think it's Weber, um, but serving amazing food, the enchiladas, the salsa, just the ambiance as well. And I know they grew from the now they put an outside uh, area so you can sit outside. So it, it is great to go out there, go um, pay your respects, and make sure you guys you know get some good food at, right there at Guadalajara. I I, I just know uh, they're gonna be uh, something that you guys have been wanting for a long time because their food is amazing. Now I want to talk about another local eatery that will be expanding to a second location in 2025. And this is big news as Sam's Italian Deli and Market is expected their second location, like I said, in 2025. Uh, There was so much excitement around this and I definitely wanted to announce it here on the podcast as uh, they did um, say on Tuesday that they will expand for a new location in the fall of 2025 and Nick Marzilano and the owner of Sam's Italian Deli and Market said almost 44 years in business he felt it was the right time to open up a new space Um, and this is a great thing as you know they have one of the best Italian delis. Um, and I mean, there's some other good ones, but I think Sam's is one of the most iconic. Um, they've been at that first and Clinton location for so long. And this is another family favorite that my dad used to take us to, uh, to go get some of the best sandwiches you could have. Uh, but not only do they have sandwiches, they have wine, they have, um, other, other types of food, um, Italian cuisine uh I, I i just go for the sandwiches to be honest and the meatballs uh so if you're ever in the location of that uh first 
and Clinton area. Make sure you guys stop as this is going to be the OG location. But now they will be expanding into the Villaggio right across from River Park. And Sam's Italian Market will take up three locations, including the space occupied by the Sierra Nut House. Uh, but the news came as a shock to Sierra Nut House. The owner didn't really want to appear on camera, but said she didn't want to move and felt she had no choice. But Marziliano has a lot of respect for the owner of Sierra Nut House and said he would never want to push another business out of its location. But this is a great thing as they want to plan to expand, uh, especially in two, 2025, which isn't, you know, too far away. We got another year and a half. Uh, but this is a great move for uh, Sam's Deli, which I'm hoping they're going to be expecting that location sooner than later. So congratulations, Sam's Italian Deli, for expanding. And this week, I would like to talk about the 2024 CIF Central Section Division One Boys Basketball Championships, which took place last weekend. Uh, they had a great, great game versus Clovis North, uh, who was the number one seed versus the number three seed, St. Joseph. And Clovis North ended up getting the win 69-60 to in what would be a great, great game for them. Um, and then in the Division Two, we ended up having Dinuba, uh, who was the number one seed versus the, the number four seed Sunnyside. And Dinuba ended up winning 38-35 to 35, uh, for to win the Division Two CIF boys basketball bracket. And then Division Three, we ended up having number one seed North, who ended up going against the number two seed Sierra. And uh, North ended up beating Sierra 51-49. to 49. And then in Division Four, uh, for boys basketball, we had... The number eight team Mission Oak, oh no, the number five team Kerman uh, beat the number eleven team Corcoran sixty one to sixty, uh, and then for Division Five we had number one Kalinga versus number two Mendota, and Kalinga ended up beating Mendota forty eight to forty seven. And then Division 6 for boys basketball, we had Strathmore, number 5 versus number 2 Carruthers, and Carruthers beat Strathmore 37-28. to And then for 2024 CIF Central Section Division 1 Girls Basketball Championships, uh, we had Clovis West, uh, number 1 seed versus number 2 seed St. Joseph, and Clovis West beat St. Joseph 45-41 to uh, to win the Division 1 CIF Central Section Girls Basketball uh, bracket. And at Division 2, uh, we had Monach versus Tehachapi, uh, and Monach was the number 1 seed, Tehachapi was the 3rd seed, and Monach beat Tehachapi 41-37 to to get the Division 2 CIF Central Section Girls Basketball Bracket Championship. And then at number Division 3, we had number 1 Bakersfield Christian versus number 2 Morrow Bay. And Bakersfield Christian beat Morrow Bay 70-38 to to get the Division 3 CIF Central Section Girls Basketball Bracket Championship. And at Division 4, we had number 13, Mendota, versus number 2, Emmanuel. And the number 2, Emmanuel, ended up beating Mendota 41-30 to uh, to be the Division 4 Central Section Girls Basketball Bracket Champion. And then the Division 5, we had number 1, Hanford West, versus number 2, Rosamond. And Rosamond beat Hanford West 60-45 to to become the Division 5 CIF Central Section Girls Basketball 
bracket champion. And at Division Six, we had number five Foothill versus number two Bishop Union. And Foothill ended up beating Bishop Union 39-27 to to become the Division Six CIF Central Section Girls Basketball Bracket. And I just want to say congratulations to all those high schools that ended up getting uh, the championship and moving on to the state championship bracket. Now let's talk about our Fresno State men's basketball team as they have an overall record of 11-17 and 4-11 in the Mountain West Conference, which puts them at number 9 in the conference. And the Dogs had two big games last week, one against San Diego State, who was ranked number 19 in the USA uh, poll. And the dogs were led by Isaiah Hill, who scored 12 points and grabbed three rebounds and one assist. But the dogs had a second game versus number 22, uh, Utah State, and they ended up losing 73-77. to But the dogs were led by Isaiah Hill, who scored 21 points and grabbed one rebound and dished off three assists. Uh, the Dogs will have a game this weekend on the road versus Nevada on Friday, March 1st. And then they'll have another road game against New Mexico on March 6th. And that will be on Wednesday. So make sure to tune in to the Blaze Podcast for more on your Fresno State men's basketball team. Now let's talk about our Fresno State women's basketball team as they have an overall record of 14-15. and 15, And they're currently 7-9 and nine in the conference. And this week they had a game versus... Boise State, and they ended up losing 65-70, to but the Dogs were led by Mia Jacobs, who scored 12 points, grabbed six rebounds, and dished off one assist with one block. Um, the Dogs will be on the road this weekend versus Wyoming on Saturday, March 2nd, and will come back to the St. Mark Center on March 5th to seal up their 2024 season, and then they will start Mountain West Championship Tournament March 10th through March 13th, so make sure to stay active on the Fresno State women's basketball team here on the Blaze Podcast. Now let's talk about our Fresno State Diamond Dogs as they have a 5-2 record this week. And they had a three-game series last week against Fullerton. And they ended up going, uh, winning their first game 8-0 on Friday with their first game. And then their second game on Saturday, they lost 4-5. And then their third game on Sunday, they ended up beating Fullerton 2-1. And then this week, the Dogs will have a three-game series against San Diego State here at uh, Pete Biden Field at Bob Bennett Stadium, March 1st through March 3rd. And then they'll have another home game on March 5th against Pacific. So make sure you tune in to the Blaze Podcast for more on your Fresno State Diamond Dogs. Now let's talk about our Fresno State softball team who has a record of 11-4 and this week. And they had a big turnout last week at the... 2024 Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic, and last week they ended up facing off against Hawaii, beating them on February 23rd, uh, 9-0, and then they played Mississippi State on Saturday, February 24th. They beat Mississippi State 3-1, and then on Sunday, February 25th, the Dogs ended up beating Long Beach State 6-2, and then they had a doubleheader that day, uh, ended up going against Cal Poly um, and beating them 3-2. to two. The Dogs will be this week at the 2024 Judy Garmin Classic, and they'll have 
four games, uh, one against Weber State on Friday, March 1st, the second game against Long Beach State on March 2nd, and then they'll have a doubleheader on March 2nd versus CSU Fullerton, and then they'll have their fourth game against DePaul on Sunday, March 3rd. So make sure you guys tune in to the Blaze Podcast for more on your Fresno State softball team. Now let's talk about our Fresno Monsters, who are now in the playoffs of round one. And this will be taking place at the Gateway Ice Center this weekend with the three-game series. Uh, the first game they'll be having against Bakersfield Roughnecks on 229, um, and that will be at 745 p.m. On Friday, it will be um, 6 p.m., and then on Saturday, 5 p.m. So make sure you guys go out there and support your Fresno Monsters as they will take on the Bakersfield Roughnecks in the best of three series this weekend to kick off the first round of the USPHL uh, Hockey Series. And the tickets for the series are available at the uh, at the Monsters website. And you can also grab fast um, a table or a bleacher seating sellout because uh, it's going to be a great game. So stick around for the Blaze Podcast next week, and we'll hear about more on the Fresno Monsters. Now let's talk about the MLB, as we are now in spring season, and right now the biggest talk has been about the MLB jersey fiasco, which really Nike and Fanatics designed and manufactured MLB jerseys for the 2024 season, and that look cheap and feel gross and still cost fans a a whole bunch of money to own Um, and one thing for sure is this pisses off a lot of fans um, and the MLB's owners often view the people who buy tickets and merchandise and make the money machine um, you know they, they make the MLB go around so this is really a big thing for fans as for the most part a lot of fans have been you know, the, the ones that hurt the most with new uh, jerseys and what stuff like that. But the players around the league were quick, were quick to, to really not be looked at in these, in these <laughs> jerseys because they're see-through. The pants are sheer. Um, and after a lot of looking at them, you can definitely see testicles uh, from, you know, the male parts of these baseball players. Um, and a lot of people have just been joking about how the jerseys look and uh, the risks that they're putting their genitalia and butts being shown uh, during national TV. Uh, but this is going to be something that I think is going to be a hot topic throughout the uh, the remainder of the year and see if they will be making any changes. Uh, but the Fanatics CEO, Michael Rubin, is worth $11 billion. Nike co-founder and chairman, Demetrius Field Knight, is worth $42 billion. Uh, and so perhaps, you know, the three can get on a call and somehow make a way to to uh, make these jerseys more appropriate for the MLB season, especially because there's about 26 days left. And if you haven't seen any of the pictures, go out there, go see why a lot of fans are furious about this year's jerseys. And next to the MLB, I would like to talk about how the Cardinals signed um, Brandon Crawford, who is 37 years old and has played his entire career with the Giants, his hometown team. 
He had the worst season of his career in 2023, slashing a .194 hitting average and with terrible defensive numbers through perhaps a really unimpactful year last year as a part-time player and veteran mentor. Uh, but the um, the Cardinals ended up signing him uh, to be uh, backup to Marco Luciano at shortstop. So it's going to be a great, great pickup for the Cardinals as, uh, you know, uh, their, their top prospect is actually hurt right now. So once he comes back from Tommy, uh, from his, once they come back from his uh, injury, um, then he'll probably be back in that uh, backup role. So I just want to say, Goodbye to Brandon Crawford, who played tremendously well for the Giants and winning them, you know, their multiple championships. Um, and, you know, just wanted to say what a career for him as a Giant. And the return of the spring season is a great boost for tourism around Arizona and Florida around this time of year as uh, the first preseason games taking place in the last few days. And baseball fans from around the country flock to the sunny states just to see their local team or the favorite player play. Each year before the regular season begins, MLB teams head to Arizona and Florida for a month or more than a month um, prepare for the season ahead of each uh, each state hosting, I think, about 15 teams. Um, teams that hold their preseason camps in Arizona play each other in the Cactus League, while those based in Florida compete in the Grapefruit League. Last year marked the first time in three seasons that fans were able to partake in spring training. In 2020, the onset of COVID-19 really canceled all of that. Then in 2022, spring training, uh, or, or 2021, they ended up... Um, limiting the crowd sizes. Then in 2022, uh, spring training was delayed and shortened due to the labor dispute. Uh, and then now making 2023 season, the first spring training in several years with a full fan participation. So this was a great thing as spring training games are played in smaller venues and offer fans a little bit more of a laid back up close look at their favorite MLB teams and players uh, and looking forward to each team's lineup for the remainder of the year. Uh, but the plus is the warmer climates in Phoenix area, Arizona, and then Florida also has uh, amazing weather with the warmness right around this year. Uh, but one thing for sure is the economic analysis by Arizona State University um, said that Arizona's Cactus League season in 2023 added four. $118 million to the state, Arizona's gross domestic product, and generated a total of $710 million in total economic activity. Um, the ASU study found that about 6 out of 10 fans who attended Cactus League games came from out of state, making up a significant portion of those fans who attended those 216 games held throughout the spring season. Um, but the Dodgers are the ones that are looking like the front runners this year as they signed uh, Shohei Otani, and uh, they're seeing his recovery timeline as spring training begins. Um, and this week, he ended up hitting his first 
home run for the spring season. Um, and this is a great thing for um, all baseball fans, being able to see your favorite team, your favorite player. And this is a great time to see how well your team is going to come and get complete Um especially with the trades and all that other stuff uh, come into effect. So this is a great thing for MLB, and uh, especially if you're an MLB fan. But like I said last week, the Dodgers and the Padres will face off in the Seals series from March 20th to 21st to kick off the 2024 MLB season. A week later, all 30 clubs are slated to play on opening day, which would be slated for Thursday, March 28th. So this is going to be a great season for the MLB. So make sure you guys tune into the Blaze Podcast for more. Now let's talk about the NBA. And first, let's talk about LeBron James, who went nuclear last night as the Lakers erased a 21-point Clippers lead in the fourth quarter to come back and win. Uh, LeBron James... Played an excellent game, especially in the fourth quarter, as he ended up leading um, the the fourth quarter with the 21-point fourth quarter comeback to stun his team's cross-rivals. Uh, and James posted 19 points in that fourth quarter, including five three-pointers and four assists. He personally outscored the Clippers 19-16 to in those assists, and it was a blowout. The Clippers playing without all-star Paul George, um, and this definitely... This game, he definitely was needed, uh, but the team didn't really seem to mind uh, too much because of the mismatches that they had with James and Kawhi Leonard. But uh, how many times did we see uh, LeBron James go to the hole? How many times did we see him take over games like this? Uh, never seen him do it at the three-point line, hitting five three-point shots in the in the fourth quarter. Um, what an amazing feet for him but he's looking at uh coming into making history at scored 40,000 points uh and I think he's gonna probably do it in the next couple of games uh this is so much history right now for the NBA as LeBron James is one of the greatest NBA stars to ever play so to see him coming into this game today, um, it was going to be interesting to see if he could do it. Um, he will be going against the Wizards, but if not, more than likely he will be playing the, Nub the Nuggets on Saturday, uh, and that he probably will get the 40,000 uh, points in, in his career. So make sure you guys tune in uh, to all the later games as you know he's trying to make history. Now let's talk about the LA Clippers as they're making waves with their rebound branding uh, with a state-of-the-art facility on the verge for opening for the, the Clippers. Uh, they're, not making, they're not done making a statement as the organization announced Monday a fresh rebrand, the unveiling of a new logo, three unique jerseys, and a sneak peek of the first court that will grace Intuit Dome when the doors open in October. This rebrand comes at a perfect time for the Clippers, who had dedicated the last several years to carving their own path and forming their own identity. From the minute that their owner, Steve Ballmer, arrived, uh, the, and then now their groundbreaking ceremony in 2021, it was evident things are about to change for the Clippers. And ever since they really made the trade for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, we could already say that that um, team has really transcended in the last few years. Um, but it looks like the, the Clippers are looking uh, to, to show new 
support from their fan base as they have grown by double the last couple of years. And they're looking to make another stand by changing up what they look like and how they're playing like. So this is going to be great for the Clippers as they're going into their own uh, arena um, as they shared the Lakers at Crypto and uh, Staples before that. Uh, But it was Clipper superstar Paul George who hinted at the jersey shakeup on his podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, But now with the fully renovated uh, jersey that they're and seeing them behind the scenes, they look pretty sharp, and I can't wait to see what their red colorway is going to look like and deliver for their fan base. But this will be the team's first red jersey since 2015-2017 collection, um, the year before Nike took over the production and marketing for the NBA's uniforms. But official labeled as a team statement uniform, it will also highlight a neat feature alongside their nautical flags that symbolize the letters LAC as one of their subtle additions to their history and the team name and really take this uniform over the top. But one thing for sure is I'm digging their colorways and I just hope that they're going to be continuing this kind of trend um, and they're going to be making this trend for other teams to see how they can also advance their audience. So this is a great thing for the Clippers and hope to see them make some good waves in 2025. Now let's talk about the NBA's power rankings. At number five, we got the LA Clippers, and their record right now is 37-19. and And their biggest game this week will probably be against the Lakers. That was yesterday, and they lost. Uh, they will have games versus Washington, and then at Minnesota, uh, Timberwolves, and then at Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, so it's going to be a big week for the Clippers, especially as they lost already to the Lakers. But that was their final time in the regular season as co-tenants at Crypto.com Arena on Wednesday. So they'll have to do it the rest of the week without Paul George as he'll miss most of this week uh, with the left knee soreness. While the franchise has been looking forward to moving into their new arena next season, um, especially with their new uniforms and logos, the Clippers have been inconsistent since returning from the Grammys road trip earlier in February, uh, which has been alternating wins and losses in their past seven games. Uh, But then at number four, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves, who uh, have big games this week uh, versus Sacramento, the Clippers. um, But Minnesota remains tied for the number one seed in the Western Conference behind their best league defense, uh, the Wolves held Brooklyn last week to 86 points last uh, in their last matchup. It was the NBA's best sixth time they had allowed 90 or fewer points this season. So Minnesota is in the midst of a long homestand of the season, hosting Grizzlies, Kings, Clippers, and Blazers this week. So it's going to be a big week for the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves as they take on some great teams. And then at number three, you've got the Denver Nuggets, who have a record of 39-19. and 19. And they have big games this week versus Sacramento, Miami, uh, at Lakers, and then 
Phoenix Suns. Uh, the Nuggets dropped three straight going into All-Star break, but they have since turned a corner. They take a three-game winning streak into a tough portion of the schedule. Starting this week, the Nuggets will play a five-game stretch against Sacramento and Miami at the Lakers and then back home versus Phoenix and Boston. Jokic has been on a tear since the break, collecting three triple-doubles and averaging 27 points, 16 rebounds, and 15 assists during those wins. So at number two, we got Oklahoma City, who has a record of 41-17, and 17, and they have big games this week. Um, they had one against San Antonio today uh, at Phoenix and then at L.A. Lakers. Um, and then it's going to be about Chet Holmgren this year, who is the first player in NBA history to, to have a, at least 150 blocks, 150 assists, and 100 made threes in a season. Um, and this feat, he joins Brooke Lopez three times and Jared Jackson twice and Rife LaFrance for the only players in the 150 block, 100 Trey Club and Holmgren is shooting 40% from beyond the three-point arc, the best clip of the group by significant margin, and now they are sizzling as the Thunder, who rank in the top five in both defense and offense. And then at number one, of course, we got the Boston Celtics, who have a record of 46-12, and 12, and they have big games this week against Dallas, Golden State, and Cleveland. Um, Boston entered this week against Philadelphia with a net ranking of 10.5 points per 100 possessions, and the Celtics are on pace to win 65 games, both potentially all-time great team. Uh, still, the Celtics have both remained kind of steadfast in their belief and approach for success this season to be determined on whether this group can raise the banner for number 18 of championships in the TD Garden. It's going to be a great rest of the season, so make sure you guys tune in to the Blaze Podcast for more on the NBA. I just want to thank each of you for making this last five years a wonderful years. I just hope you guys continue to support this independent podcast. Make sure you guys support all your businesses. Make sure you support all your local artists. And make sure you support all your local podcasts. I'm Alejandro Oveda signing off episode 262.